appreciate it. I thought I was just going to talk to this side for a while. Um, good morning. How is everybody? Oh. Well, surprise, you get me today, if you didn't know. Um, we're actually, thank, someone's excited, thank you. Um, so we're starting our, um, usually we take one month off where Pastor Kelly gives him a break, um, and then he can kind of prepare for the fall and get a new vision, and then all the pastors um, on our team will get to speak. Um, so you guys get me today, and then next week is Pastor Casey. Um, so this um, year, our theme is going to be God is. And then all the pastors are, Eleanor hears me, um, all the pastors are going to come um, up with something, God is something. So when I was making mine, I was trying to think, you know, God is faithful, God is all loving, um, God is always with me. And I kept just trying to figure out what, you know, word I wanted to use. Um, and then I realized you know, I think God wants me to be a little bit more real this morning. And this is your first fill-in. God is frustrating. And I almost get a little nervous just saying that, to be honest. Because that's somewhat controversial in church to say that God is frustrating. That's not a typical word that you're going to say about God. Um, but if I'm being honest in just our season of life this year, um, we've had a lot of frustrating moments. I don't want to sit here and let this be a rant session of all that I'm mad about. Um, but we've been very frustrated this year. Um, a lot of times you'll hear people come up and talk about all the random blessings they've had. Just God, just a check just showed up and just all these things have happened. I feel like we've kind of had the opposite this year. Um, we had some random bills that shouldn't have showed up. Just random things just keep showing up and I'm a little frustrated about it. Um, so if I had to sum up our year, we've just had a lot of little frustrating things. Um, have you guys had a moment this year where you felt frustrated? Yes. Um, but I want to talk about for a few minutes, the most frustrating thing that we have faced this year um, is our baby girl, Eleanor. Um, she's almost uh, be a year in September. Um, but almost a year ago today, um, we had our 36-week ultrasound. We weren't even supposed to have this ultrasound, but they were measuring the weight. Um, but at this ultrasound, the tech realized there was something a little off with her kidneys, um, and they said, you know, it's probably nothing, but I'm going to send you to a high-risk doctor just in case. Um, you know, and we were like, we were so confident that God was going to come through. We weren't even worried about it. It wasn't even a thing. I think we had mentioned um, to the staff and our parents, you know, hey, this is going on. Pray about it, but we know God's going to take care of it. We're not worried about it. Um, so then um, we went to the high-risk um, high doctor, and then I was very confident that there was going to be nothing there. I was just, you know, ready for nothing. Um, and then he said, yeah, on the left kidney, there's double tubing. Um, and was explaining that that could cause reflux to go back up into the kidney. He said it wasn't an urgent thing when she was first born, but we would need to um, get in contact with our doctor and get some tests scheduled. It's like, okay, you know, it's not a thing. I think at that point he had mentioned that she might need surgery. And I was like, you know, God's got this. I was not a thing. Brushed it off. Um, and then when she was born, we um, got with the pediatrician. We had an ultrasound done. And then again, I'm still just expecting there to be nothing there. At this ultrasound, um, they said the same thing with the double tubing. It can cause reflux. So they referred us to a urologist a specialist to do more tests. In the process of getting to the urologist, I think this was in October, um, Eleanor had a really high fever. She had it for a few days, and I, I knew that something was off. Um, so I was like, you know, let's just go ahead and take her to the ER. And then we ended up staying, um, I think, three days at the hospital. Ten out of ten, do not recommend. Um, it was not fun. Um, but through that, we got connected to our current urologist. Um, at the hospital, he had said, you know, here's what I suspect it may be. Again, he mentioned surgery. 
We're like, okay, you know, we'll do the test and see. We did the testing. I think she was, this is probably in November at this point. Um, and he said, she not only has something wrong with the left side with the double tubing, on the right side, the plumbing that connects to the bladder is not fully connected um, and causes leakages, which is um, just more risk for infection. So um, he put her on a daily antibiotic, which hurts me a lot every day to give her. Um, And then he said around one, she would have to do surgery. And then at that point, we're like, you know what, we need to get some more prayer warriors. So we had been, as a church, we've been praying. Last Sunday, we um, all prayed over her. We've had just various people just praying for her and just believing for a miracle. Because we have no question. I know that God still heals. I know that he still works. Um, so we know that he can heal her. Um, and then we've had a few ultrasounds. And each time, I just keep expecting her to be healed. But this past Monday was the final ultrasound before they scheduled surgery. And then... We were very confident that we were going to walk in there with her being healed. I'm pretty sure I walked in there with a smile on my face because I was like, this doctor is about to be so confused and we're about to tell him about God and just all these cool things that God has done in her life. We were ready to get very Pentecostal on them. And I'm, I wouldn't call myself very Pentecostal. So I, I was ready though. I was ready. Um, but then we get in, he starts the ultrasound. We're all, me and Ben are both just, you know, ready to show him. And he's like, Wow. And then he talks about how big the cyst is and how bad it actually is. And I was like, ugh. Um, And at that moment, I felt very frustrated, disappointed. I was just, God, what are you doing? Why are you not healing her? We believe that there is a healing coming. I know that you can heal. So why are you not healing her? And I was very frustrated. Um, So then we had to um, schedule the surgery. It's scheduled for August 31st. I'm still believing that um, she's not going to be healed. But before I even started... Before this appointment on Monday, I was preparing for my message, um, and I knew I wanted to talk about our frustrating season, and I honestly thought I was going to talk about the journey to her healing, and I was going to say, you know, it was really frustrating, but now she's healed, and now we're good, um, but instead, you get me who's still a little bit frustrated, um, but we're still believing and trusting that God's going to do something. Um, um, our family verse right now is Jeremiah 17, 14. Oh, Lord, if you say that I am healed, then I am healed. I know that's all that it takes for her to be whole. If he says that she is whole, then, she, then she'll be whole. So why isn't she whole yet? Um, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but I have to trust that he has something else in mind. I have to trust that he's doing something else. Um, you know, if we're getting really honest to all the nitty-gritty, I don't want her to be healed through surgery. I feel like... A lot of times we kind of say that as a cop-out answer. I know that God can do anything. But if we really want to see a miracle, if we want to see the evidence of God, I want her to be healed before surgery. I want that doctor to go in just ready to have another day at work because he talks about he does this every day. He's never seen anything different. This is what he does. I want him to do that final ultrasound. I don't even know if she has a final ultrasound, but I somehow want her to have a final ultrasound and him to be so confused saying, I just looked at this and she was, has all this wrong and I want there to be a miracle take place. I want God to get glory for what he's done. If he just has a regular day at work, he's not gonna get to see God work. He's not gonna get to see God move. I want him to be confused and have an encounter with God. But even if he doesn't heal her, even if it is through surgery, I'm going to trust the process, and that's point number one. I have to trust the process. I absolutely am going to be praying and believing until she has surgery, that she's going to be healed without surgery. Um, That's my prayer. I hope you guys are praying that with me. But even if he doesn't, even if he chooses to do something else, I have to trust the process. 
If you wanna get through your frustrations without bitterness, without being angry, you have to choose to trust him despite how you feel, despite how it looks. Isaiah 26, four, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And that key word there is fixed. We have to keep our eyes fixed on him. If we look at all of our worries and fears, it's really easy to not have that perfect peace. But if we stay fixed on him, Monday when we were leaving the hospital, I definitely did not have perfect peace. Um, I was angry, um, and I was just very frustrated at this point, but I was telling Ben, I was like, even people who aren't Christian, their kid will go in and have surgery and be fine. So what makes us any different? We're supposed to look different. Why are we not seeing a healing? Um, And then he said, well, we have peace through it all. And that was not the answer I wanted to hear. (laughs) Um, I wanted him to rant with me and be angry with me and be mad. But it was what I needed to hear. It's what I needed to be reminded of. Um, And we have a month until surgery. I could sit here every day and think of all the what ifs and all the worries and fears and all the things I don't want to happen. Or I can choose to fix my eyes on him, to put it in his hands and stay focused on him. Stay focused on giving him glory and trusting him and trusting his plans for me. You guys have a choice every day. Every time that fear, that worry begins to creep into your mind, are you going to allow it to affect you, to ruin your day, to change um, just your attitude and your mindset? Or are you going to get your eyes focused back on him so you can have that peace in your life, so you can have that peace of mind, even when it doesn't make sense? Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. If I was trusting my own understanding, here's my plan of how God could heal her and all the steps. I have three or four different plans he could do to heal her. There's lots, I have lots of good plans. But my own understanding, I, I do not trust that. I, I got to trust him with all of my heart. I got to trust that his plans are better, that he has a bigger purpose in mind, something bigger in the making. Um, Bill Johnson, one of the pastors at Bethel, um, his wife was diagnosed with cancer back in February. And if you don't follow Bethel, they have seen lots of healings. Um, they just believe that God is always working and he has done lots of amazing things through their church. Um, but Um, on a Wednesday evening, his wife passed away of cancer. They're believing for a complete healing, but she passed away of cancer. Um, And then the following Sunday morning, he chose to get up and preach a message. Um, Instead of having resentment and bitterness, you know, he just talked about the goodness of God. He had this quote in his message. It said, the backslider in heart will always judge God by what he didn't do. This one hurts a lot for me because I want to be frustrated. I want to be mad. I want to see all the things that I feel like he should do. I feel like the areas where he should have already moved by now. But instead, I'm going to look around and see what he has. And I'm going to look around and see all the things that he's carried me through this far. I'm going to see all the miracles in our life and through this church that we've seen already. This is my second fill-in this morning. We have to have an attitude of gratitude. It's really easy to look at those frustrations and to look at everywhere he didn't move. But instead, why don't we flip that mindset? Why don't we flip our eyes and think about all the good things that we do have, all the blessings that he has had? It's really easy once you start thinking of that one negative thought and then that other one comes and then your mind is just full of all the negativity, full of all the frustrations and just everywhere you want to blame God for what he didn't do. But on the flip side of that, if you begin to think about yeah, God was really good in this season. And then you could think about, oh, yeah, he did this for me too. And it just becomes a lot more easier once we begin to flip that gear. But we have to make that choice. Psalm 71, 14 says, no matter what, 
I trust in you to help me. Nothing will stop me from praising you to magnify your glory. Nothing will stop me from praising you. Nothing will start. That says I trust you. We're going to trust him. It's in his hands, but nothing is going to keep me from praising him. No matter what the doctor says, no matter if she has surgery or not, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to give him glory either way even when he doesn't follow through and do what I think he's supposed to do. Even when it's not what I think it should look like, I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to choose to praise him anyway. Have you guys ever picked um, wild blackberries? We're in the South. We've got quite a bit of blackberries. We've got a few. Um, if you haven't, it's really fun. You should go do it. ...of wild blackberry bushes. Um, and so for us, I usually go out about once a week, enough blackberries to last us for the week. We normally make it a whole family affair. Um, probably a homesteader's dream. I'm very thankful for it. Um, but the la- one of the last times I went, it was just me and Judah, and I guess probably Eleanor too. Uh, I think Ben was working. But we were going, and Judah saw one of the red berries before it had turned black. And he said, Mom, that's a raspberry. And then me being the future homeschool teacher that I want to be, I said, no. I was like, first they do a flower, and then they're red and they're black. And he said, no, you lying. Um, and then he continued to tell me that I was wrong. If you've ever argued with a toddler, you realize very quickly that you are the one that is wrong and they are right. Um, but how many times have we been like Judah? We see the bush, we see the fruit growing, and because it's red, because it looks like it's done, we want to pick it and be done. We want to move on to the next season, move on to the next thing. It's already taken a lot of work to get to that berry. If you've ever planted a, had a garden or planted a bush or done something like that, you've got to plant the seeds, you've got to do the work, then it starts to grow, then the flower, and then you start to see fruit. It takes a lot of work to get to the red part of a blackberry. And I think a lot of times we just want to be done with that season. We want to be done, um, say, the, say the blackberry is a red raspberry, and pick it and be done. Um, but no matter how much we want that red berry to be a raspberry, it is a blackberry that's just not ready yet. And that's my third point. Remain in him. Remain in him. I'm going to read John 15, 4 through 5. It says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, remain in me. Remain in him, keep trusting him. When we are facing that pressure, remain in him. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I think a lot of times when we're frustrated and we're just kind of fed up with everything that's happening, outside of church, we can see a lot of things that we could be doing. Well, I could be doing some other fun things. If I wasn't in church, I could be doing this. If I wasn't following God, my old life kind of looks good right now. But I think what he means, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, all these frustrations are going to be put to waste, to waste. Apart from him, this season uh, that you've been going through is going to be put to waste. If you disconnect from him, all the work that he's done, all the work that it's taken to get to this berry is going to be nothing. It's going to be useless. Do not let this season that you're in go to waste just because you want to be done. Don't let this season of growing that you've already come so far be put to waste. Has anyone ever tried a red blackberry? It does not taste very good. I've was going to try one before a message, but I couldn't get brave enough to do it. Um, but I think this is the reason a lot of us keep getting discouraged in our faith. 
We keep trying to reap the harvest before it's ready. We keep taking all these big steps to get to the bush, to get the fruit growing, but then the fruit's a red berry and we wanna pick it and be done. But we need to wait till it's complete. We need to wait till it's finished. Um, we begin to see that finish line. And you know, it takes, whenever we step out in faith, we gotta trust God a lot in, that, in those beginning steps. But once we can see the finish line, well, it's really easy to say, well, God, I could just do this, this, and this, and then I'll be at the finish line. So we've come so far to get to that berry before it's ready. It's really close, but it's not there yet. And if we just choose to disconnect from him, if we don't remain in him, and we see the finish line, and we just start going our own way, we're not going to have that complete work. We're not going to have all that he has planned for us. We're going to be disconnected from the vine, and we're going to miss out on the completeness that he has for us. We're going to miss out on what he has for us. We're giving up, or we're settling right before God completes what he started. I think a lot of us in here have settled in our walk with God. You've seen God move. You've done a lot to get to that red berry, but you've become content with the red berry. You're like, well, I see fruit, so that's good enough. I see this, and he's done this, so that's good enough. You guys look back on all that he's done, and he has done a lot in your life. But we're not looking forward to the future that he has for us, all the more that he wants to do in and through you. And we kind of hold back and don't allow him to complete that work in us. I believe he started something great in each and every one of you guys. I believe he's done a lot in there, but I think there's a lot that we're holding back. Maybe it's that final thing that you just don't feel like you could give up or that final step that it just doesn't seem like you could do it. Or maybe he's calling you to start something and you just, you know that you're supposed to do it, but you're just, God, I, I don't know. I'm a little afraid to step out. I'm a little afraid to trust you in that. But I'm telling you guys, if you just continue to remain in him, continue to let that fruit keep growing, when you get to that fresh fruit, when you get to that, he has something so much better for you. My final point, if somebody wants to go ahead and come up, if it isn't good, he isn't done. And I think this is a song, and it says, if he ain't good, he ain't done. I wasn't sure where we were on ain't, if it was a word or not at this point. Pastor Kelly says it was. I think Denise says it's not. So I'm not, I'm not going to argue. If you want to change it to ain't, that's fine with me either way. Um, but, but if you don't see his goodness yet, that means that he's not done. If you don't see the fruit, the good things in your life, that means he is not done. It's really easy to stop in our frustrations, to put all the blame on God um, and just, la just put up a wall because, well, God didn't do this, so I'm just going to be done. God didn't come through for me. God didn't heal my daughter. God didn't um, help me overcome this addiction. And we just kind of put the blame up, and then we just kind of put up the walls and say, God, you could have, but I'm, oh, well. But if it's not good, that means he's not done yet. It's really easy to stop in our frustrations and blame God, but it's life-giving to look at your frustrations and to trust him anyway. To look at all the things that you want him to do, the things that you think he should do, and say, God, no matter what, I'm going to trust you anyway. No matter what, I'm going to keep coming in, and I'm going to keep worshiping you, and I'm going to trust you anyway. When we put it in his hands, that's when we can have that peace. When we give it back to him, that's when that joy is going to come in. Um, another quote from the Bill Johnson message, it said, Worshiping in pain is only possible on this side of heaven, so this is a privilege. Once we get to heaven, all of our earthly troubles are going to be done. We'll be in heaven, we'll have joy and perfect peace. But on earth, that's one thing that we'll get that's not in heaven, to worship in our pain, to worship in our disappointments, to worship in our frustrations, to worship in all of that. We're going to choose to worship in 
worship him anyway. You guys don't have to walk in here feeling unstoppable every Sunday. You don't have to feel like you have it all together. It's okay to come in here feeling defeated as long as you're coming to him, as long as you're coming back to him and trusting him and worshiping despite it all. I want to close um, with a story of Lazarus. Um, And I'm going to summarize quite a bit of it. Um, This is John 11, 5 through 6. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. So at first, um, he stayed two days longer. If he loved them, if he really cared about them, why why is he not rushing to their side? Why is he not going um, to see what's going on and see if he could help? But because he loved them, he stayed two days longer. And we continue on in the story. Um, so we have Martha, the two sisters, Martha and Mary. Um, this is John 11, verse 20. It says, So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Martha hears that Jesus is coming, and she's coming. She said, I'm coming to him. She shares her frustrations. But she says, you know what? I, no matter what, I still trust you. I know that you still have something in place. Um, and this is how I feel about Eleanor. You know, God, why have you not done anything? But I still trust you. I don't understand it, but I still trust you. And then we have Mary's response. Um, so Martha comes back to Mary after she talks to Jesus. Verse 28, it says, When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I spent a long time trying to read this story and compare it to um, a story earlier in the Bible where Jesus came to Martha's house and um, the two sisters, one was cleaning and one was at Jesus' feet. Obviously, we don't need to clean. We need to be at his feet. And I was trying to figure out which sister was in the wrong here. I was trying to just figure out, you know, why do they have two different responses? Um, and I think the important thing to note here is that either response allowed them to have an encounter with Jesus. Both responses allow them to encounter Jesus. And I think what we need to note from the story, in our disappointments, we can respond like Mary or Martha, as long as we're responding to him, as long as we respond to Jesus. It doesn't matter if we wait till he calls or as soon as something happens, you run to him, as long as you're responding to Jesus. I think there's a lot of us in here, we've allowed our frustrations and disappointments to keep us from Jesus. We've seen, we've just wanted to put the blame on him and just push it to the side and move on. We wanna use it as an excuse because it's it's a lot easier to be just frustrated with God instead of to go a little bit deeper and say, God, I'm a little frustrated, but I'm gonna trust you anyway. You know, it's easy to brush them off, but if we can go a little bit deeper, that's when our trust and our faith begins to deepen. So this morning, he is calling for you. He is asking for you, just like he did Mary. Are you gonna respond to him? Are you gonna get up and come quickly? Are you just gonna sit back in the room and choose not to come to him? Are you gonna allow your frustrations to keep you from the God that loves you? Are you gonna continue to worship him despite how you feel? If you continue on in this story, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had been with her also weeping, 
he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus weeps and he hurts with you. You are not alone. Even if it hasn't played out the way that you envisioned it, even if it doesn't look like you think it should, he is still there to comfort you. He is still walking it out with you. He has something greater in mind. Because if you go back to the beginning of the story, he waited two days to go to Bethany. If he wanted to, he could have healed him. Just He didn't even have to go to Bethany to heal him. He could have just healed him if that's what he wanted to do. But he knew there was a bigger purpose in mind. He knew there was something greater in mind. So whatever you're facing this morning, he has the ability to fix it. But he wants to help you grow in this season. He has something better for you in mind. But in those frustrations, in these times where you just don't know which way to go and you just don't know what to do, he is still there right with you to comfort you. He is still there right with you to walk alongside you. He has not left you. He's not forsaken you. But he is walking with you. He's weeping with you. I'm not sure why he hasn't moved in our life yet, why Eleanor is not healed yet. But I can trust that something better is in mind, that he has a better plan in mind. Um, And I hope that this morning you guys will choose along with me, whatever your struggle is, whatever you're facing this morning, that he has something better in mind. If you guys will stand with me. If our prayer team wants to go ahead and come on up. I think a lot of us have used our frustrations and blames as a crutch. We've got so caught up with the issue that we forget to come back to him. We got so caught up with our frustrations that we're not putting it in his hands. And I think this morning, um, I just want to give you guys an opportunity just to connect with somebody. Um, A man shared in the 9 a.m. about his kind of journey. He was paralyzed for two years. Um, And he was talking about the importance of community. And, you know, he wanted to be healed instantly, and he was healed. But through that, he was able to see the community and the people surrounded by him. Um, And through this with Eleanor, you know, we've we've built a community of people praying and believing with us. I mean, I think it's really important for you guys to have somebody. Whatever your frustration is, it's important to be real with God and with somebody else. Here's what I'm facing. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. But I'm going to give it to God. And this morning, I just want to invite you guys to come up for prayer. If you're frustrated, if you don't know what your next step is, if you just need Jesus to come move in your life. Um, So we're going to go into this song. um, And just during this time, I just encourage you just to come up for prayer and just connect with somebody up here um, and be poured into.